I think my favorite thing is the statement from the company. Yeah, I we were reading that earlier. It yeah. is ridiculous. Owning and managing our trademark is part of stewarding the mission that God has laid on our business. And we take that very seriously. Shut up. Pause. I stop right there. What a dumb take. Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unblessed Podcast. My name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And we are two ex-worship leaders. That's right. We said it. Yeah. No Come for can... us, uh, lawyers and no. legal advisors. We are we'll worship get, leaders. We'll get to that in a second. Scott, did yeah. you ever lead worship? Did you ever, oh. did you ever lead the congregation in worship? Did I lead worship? Evan, that was... That was like the core of my being and personality for, I don't know how long, 10 years, 12 years. I remember when I got the call from God, the phone rang. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember being in high school at some point, and I don't know why. I, I remember I wanted to be a teacher for a bit. Like I thought I wanted to be like a Something with teaching, either be like a music teacher or something like that. Um, but as I got more involved in youth group and I did like youth worship band, then I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, this is my career. Oh, I so. want to make less money than a teacher. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how can I make less money than a teacher? <laughs> how can so, I be even sexier to women? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was for sure caught up in it. What about you, Evan? Oh yeah, I led worship uh, time uh, time here and time there. Mm-hmm. Um, I led worship in college. Um, I filled in every now and then for you uh, at New Circle. Big shoes uh, to fill. Yeah, I mean large shoes, size I want, ten. Some would argue <laughs> that you were filling in for me more uh, often yep, than not. So. That's true. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean worship leading was always a fun thing to do. Uh, I'll say that because, like, from the performance standpoint, oh yeah, uh, that was always the fun side. The preparing and getting everything, and then you know, wrangling and uh, tearing things down—that was always the actual worst. You're gonna yell at me and call me a big dork or loser again because one of my favorite things about worship leading was setting up. <laughs> I don't know why, but I ha- I get like a a weird joy from like setting up audio equipment like speakers and amps and drums and all that stuff mainly because i did it for years i did that crap for years and years every sunday because we did a church plant so we had to everything had to be mobile 
you have a certain look on your face. What are you about to say? <laughs> I thought doing this podcast would make us grow closer together and find more things in common. And all I'm doing is finding out stuff that we just don't share. You need to get on my level of christian cringe evan like you were i have my level (laughs) you do i do i wrote a song way back in the day and shared it on facebook it was wild um i wanted to be like a christian musician uh, like a tim timmons like a michael w smith yeah oh yeah for sure i wanted to be like the next you know um daughtry or something like that i want daughtry yeah I want to be like a a, a switch foot or a. Uh, oh, you want to be like the semi Christian, like when people first hear you, like, wait, is this a Christian band or not? I'm not sure. But I think I was like, open. Oh, they to are. That. I think I was open to that. Initially, I want to be kind of more of a casting grounds type vibe. That's, that's very vibe. different from Daughtry. That's it that's is like it is. I think like later on, I was like, oh, I can step into kind of the Daughtry area. I can I can write songs about God and a girl. <laughs> Different people groups can take it how they want. Sexiness can bless me. God. What was the most like awkward part? Squirt on me with your blood. Jeez. Evan. (laughs) Trying to move this along a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? What's that first about? (laughs) I was going to say, what's the most awkward part of leading worship i feel like i have a lot of stories that are some fun I, stories of worship leading trying to get anybody hype is like yeah so if you do like an earlier service if you, if you ever did like a 8 a.m service or something and you have like 15 people you got to get them hyped up i think i've just got no public shame and so there wasn't anything that was really like awkward for me for a mm. while there um because I back in the day when I was in like high school and would try and lead worship, like I was leading it like a rock star. I was just oh, like, Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I'm fucking Axel Rose up here and y'all are just eating it all up. Like, let's fucking worship. <laughs> My God. gosh. And in college, it was a little bit more like tame. I was just like, you know, let's do some like fast paced stuff and then let's, you know, pop it in there. Um, but then when uh, I got out of college, um, because I used to be very much just like, I will be in the front row of whatever worship service and I will jump up and down. Doesn't matter if it is a big youth conference or if it's my grandma's church. Like, that's what I'll do. <laughs> so even if it's like to some rickety Southern Baptist church, yeah, you're going to just... I will jump up and down like as a mosh pit. Bread Eagle, um, jumping, jumping jacks, all that. That's how um, I had fun. <laughs> and I... I think trying to get anybody to that hype level about yeah the songs that are mediocre mm. um, is not it, it's an it is an uphill push for me. It was having to work. I worked with the church plants for years, and the hardest part was uh, working with volunteer musicians with people you would beg people to play music i would just it was always hard to find drummers and uh bass players you could never find them i could always find someone to play acoustic guitar everybody played acoustic guitar oh my god when i was at church plant i mean i had like six people all the time at 
any point going like, I could play acoustic. Let me play on Sunday. But anybody that played drums, they were gone. So I remember the first year of our church plant, I had one guy that played drums and um, he just could not keep tempo. It was like so offbeat and just like we would start a song and it would, the most he could do, if we did like a song like three, four, so it had kind of like a waltzy feel, you know, he would just stop playing and just only play the hi-hats if he just, because he would get lost. So like drums would just cut out at any point and it would just be hi-hats. <laughs> but I, I resorted to doing Phil Collins Sundays after that. I was just like, well, I'm going to have to just carry the whole team on my back. Yeah, so. I, I remember uh, my first time going to your church plan. I saw uh, you leading worship from the drum set and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I think that was some awkward moments is leading from a drum set because every Sunday I had to go, let's all stand and worship. And then I'd be the only person sitting down. <laughs> stand and worship. All of you. Don't follow my lead. Stop following my lead. Get up now. Yeah, I, I have too many stories about worship leading. We almost would have to do a whole episode on the woes of worship leading and getting a band together. And it's honestly part of the reason why I wanted to get out of it all after doing it for so long is I remember telling my wife this as we were discussing, you know, moving on. It was, it felt like I was running Saturday Night Live every week. I just felt like I had six days to come up with a show. It had to be, you know, upbeat. It had to be catchy. It had to the right emotional tone. It had to match what the sermon was doing. I had to get a band together. We had to practice on Thursdays, get there on Sunday, do a warm up, do sound checks, all this stuff, record it. It was just like every week it just kept coming. Like, and it was just no end in sight. And I remember thinking, like, I can't do this for like, 30 more years like no this is not no. happening i i can't imagine myself being 60 and still doing this thing every single week right so i that's when i it just clicked with me i remember that, that was a question that started it all was what am i gonna do when i'm 50 and i thought probably not this and then i kind of that started the whole snowball but um worshiply i i do miss it because it, it was, and I think a lot of people stay in church because of it, as far as getting involved with music, they like the music aspect of church. And it's the only time other musicians get the chance to play in front of people. So I do yeah. miss it in that sense is I, I used to get a weekly dose of, uh, you know, that serotonin of playing music for people, but well, for sure. not anymore. Do you, do you miss the rush playing I live music shredding? Uh, oh yeah. Oh Figuring out which pedal can make which ambient sound, you know. Um, the metal zone. Yeah. <laughs> Scott being like, Evan, I will allow you one bend. <laughs> That's it. I, I think I did one. have a conversation with you one time. I was like, not every song has to be Eric Clapton. Like, <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, there was one song that had like a solo that could be played and like we listened to it and I like got real big eyes and Scott was like, I will allow you one bit. <laughs> Use yeah, it I, wisely. I was I ran a tight ship where I was. And by that I mean not that tight at all. Yeah. It was chaos. <laughs> oh man. No, I, I really miss the performance aspect of it. And I think it actually like not playing in a worship band and not really having like 
yeah that kind of musical outlet like has made me a little bit rusty over the years uh, on my same finger picking oh yeah uh, but uh speaking of worship leading um yeah worship leader worship leader worship leader worship leader there is a uh band oh that's weird when i right click relevant the page on relevant it just, it just pops th- up it's the that's that's ours, ours. that's okay. ours uh did that by accident so um this past couple of weeks the whole evangelical community and largely like the christian community has been in a bit of a tizzy um and i think a, rightfully so a tizzy a tizzy a tizzy is upon us <laughs> there's a tizzy but what's going on well um authentic media way back in the day founded the organization worship leader and Hmm. under the company worship leader and trademarked it and now this past week there was a guy uh, who has the account rogue worship leader and his facebook got suspended because authentic media vis-a-vis the worship leader business that they founded reported him to Facebook for trademark violations. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. And he claims to have no, like he's not even intersecting their business at all. He's not doing anything like that, but his Facebook got taken down and he suspects his Instagram might, I can't, I haven't even checked to see if his old Instagram uh, is up. Um, This is the, this is the statement from first off uh the company says we literally coined the phrase worship leader the company claims on their website um <laughs> back in 1992 they said back in 1980 the company filed paperwork for the term with the united states patent and trademark office yeah um wow so now they're acting upon that trademark um with specifically that one instagram user it doesn't look like they've pursued any sort of action uh, with anyone else uh, since then. Um, I think my favorite thing is the statement from the company. Yeah, I we were reading that earlier. It yeah. is ridiculous. Owning and managing our trademark is part of stewarding the mission that God has laid on our business. And we take that very seriously. Shut up. Pause. I Stop right there. What a dumb take. I went from like zero to a hundred. I know I read this earlier, but now I'm really mad. (laughs) Owning and managing our trademark is part. I want you all to read this again. Owning and managing our trademark is part of stewarding the mission that God has laid upon us. What a crock of crap. What an absolute just, that is just bullshit. I mean, that's that's your mission is to defend your trademark. Why don't you just say, we had the, there's nothing i i hate like godifying yes I hate, like, i'm glad you went there like with that. this yeah i hate just being this this is god carding essentially is what this is this is like oh we should break up because uh i prayed about it yes like, <laughs> it's the exact is, same thing this is the exact same vibe in being like you shouldn't have this business you shouldn't use this term because i prayed yeah. about it and now you can't do it so what is like what is their angle? I'm so confused why they want to take down even I mean when I was in 
you know, ministry staff. And even if someone was to take our church name and run with it, it would have to take a lot for me to go, hey, maybe we should change your name or something over there. Yeah. That's one thing. If they were like, you know, slandering you, but if it's like a fellow ministry staff and they're doing their own thing and it just happens to be a similar name, it's not even the exact same name. He is Rogue Worship Leader. They're just worshipleader.com. And they're going after him and taking him down and all his followers. This is insane. This is yeah, just his, absolutely insane. This whole vibe appears to be a worship leader who likes Star Wars. Yeah, I I watched his little video. He seems like a nice person. Like, yeah. I don't know. Nice little video. No problem. Yeah. Uh, so continuing on. Yeah, this is too good. That bananas opening. Hmm. Most recently, <laughs> with the passing of our founder and the new partnership that we formed, we've been a bit behind. But now we're getting caught up and plan to continue to defend our trademark as we have for decades. Shut up. <laughs> this is so dumb. Defending our trademark. How ridiculous. defend our trademark that God gave us because we applied for it and the government gave it to us. They're acting like they're defending the holy land. Like, God gave us oh, yeah. this land and it's our right to defend. It's a, it's a name. It, they are acting like they are defending a tenet of Christianity. This like is there so is a, bonkers. This company was founded, this, this country was founded on Christian values, and one <laughs> of those values is that we have worship leader as the as our trademark and as our IP, and that's part of our values. I want to read this last paragraph because it is Go just ahead. so freaking funny. So, and for anyone who, or do you want to do it? Yeah, it says, it's for anyone who feels let down about no longer using the term, it says, Authentic Media wants to remind you. So here's a statement <laughs> from Authentic Media. They said, <laughs> God has so much creativity that you can lean in on your own gifting and come up with your own name. Isn't what? that great? They just said, they basically just said a big, hey, uh, rogue worship leader, fuck you. <laughs> like, Eat what shit. is that? Oh my, that's the literal... Oh, this is a definition of passive aggressive Christian. It's them going like, well, God's so creative that anybody could just come up with a name. So why don't you pick a different name? Here's the thing. You didn't come up with this name either, though. No, you, no, you you're just the first one to up. slide in the first. Yeah. You did, nobody like unless is a purely unique word. Like, do you think Apple came up with the word Apple? <laughs> Trademarks like this are dumb. Like, do you think Amazon came up with the word Amazon? No. It's the one thing if you have the name that is identical and you're slandering, but this is such a common word. Like you said, it's like the word Apple. Yeah. Like, if another company was called like Green Apple, Apple's not coming for them. They don't care. Like, whatever. No. But this person, they're acting like they, I had never heard of this company anyway. Apparently, from 1992, no. they've had the patent on this. Never, never heard of them. Yeah. But that, now they're all taking action. The 90s, 2000s, and that weird ring collective style worship that happened in the 2010s. <laughs> like, they Everyone had a kick do... drum and, and uh, <laughs> suspenders on. <laughs> every, every worship band at least had a banjo or mandolin player on Build and, your and... kingdom <laughs> here. Yep, exactly. Um, all throughout those renaissances of worship leading these people never voiced out any sort of opinion any sort of 
protest. And now in the year of our Lord, 2023, <laughs> they're like, hey. Yeah, 30 years later, they're going to start following the mission. Oh, sorry. Uh, stewarding the mission that God has laid upon their business. Being good stewards means screwing over someone, some other dude who's not doing anything to harm you. I, I um, really, this is so, this feels like a joke. Like reading this whole thing, it's like an, this feels like a sketch. Like there's no way this is real. This is so ridiculous. This feels like when a church has to get involved with legal stuff. Yeah. And they have to like pair the legalese with, with like Christian jargon, just like, Christian oh, jargon. Yeah. Be like, oh, yeah, we can't allow homeless people on our parking lot due to us needing to steward. The yeah. Fact that we own the land. And this, so is, this has that same kind of flavor of like, just just say you own it yeah and you're coming after him because it's you know your brand but then also kind of fuck off because you're a piece of shit my thing is i can i have an understanding for churches that want to like take care of their property like i remember you know my church growing up like someone came in like stole a bunch of copper uh like wiring and pipes and stuff for money and i thought like well they were run down and they needed money and they stole from the church as much as that sucks. The last place that should be taking retaliation is the church. Like we shouldn't sue them or try to arrest them. Like we should just turn the other cheek as Jesus did. Right. Isn't that yeah. the Christian value there? Right. Yeah. So I don't, I really don't, but I get that in that sense. Cause you can't just have everyone steal everything you own and you don't have a ministry like whatever. I understand that. But this is so ethereal. Like this is a, a patent. This is a trademark. Yeah. This is not like land or a building or anything like that's material that is actually moving forward in their mission. It'd be one thing if they, you know, stole a, I don't know, a coffee maker or something, but this is a patent for Christ's sake. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, I'm so angry. This is crazy. Just, this is nuts. I'm is... so glad you found this article. Oh man, it is. I, all the Christian Instagram accounts I've been following have just been like, we're just going to keep saying worship leader. So yeah, back off. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Uh, to be updated. Uh, so uh, Joshua Swanson, editor of worship leader magazine reached out to relevant where we got this article with the following statement. This all revolves on an issue with one account that one guy uh, who we felt was impersonating us regarding the rumors that we were going around reporting accounts. It's not true. We sent one report to Facebook regarding this individual. This is where the fumble happened. We provided supporting links to other accounts and just messed up in doing that because Facebook took that and delisted six additional accounts. Oof. We have reached out to them and asked them to reverse what they did, but that is the only action we've taken and will not take action against other accounts. There's no pending legal action of any kind on any side of this. So you're done goofed because you were so protective of your brand. I, I mean, really what they did was they looked yeah. for like seven people and they were like, these people using the term worship leader and they're very prominent. They're, you know, pretty famous. Let's go after them. And then they got backlash and they're like, well, we didn't, we didn't mean to. Yeah. This feels like them just uh, responding in a way that they can try to save some face, but that's, 
too little too late in my opinion i feel like if oh man even just attempting to go after another ministry partner seems crazy to me but uh anyway i'm i gotta i gotta get my blood pressure down <laughs> after that one <laughs> and speaking well, of getting the blood pressure down yeah i hate to tell you you're in a bit of a rude awakening for what we've got in store for us today what are we talking about today evan Today, we are talking about the sexiest tale in the Bible. Yeah. The hottest book in the whole Pentateuch. Oh, yeah. Not uh, in the Pentateuch. <laughs> <laughs> Pentateuch <is> five. <laughs> um, the, the sauciest story in the whole dodecahedron it's ruth we're talking about ruth we're talking about ruth we're talking about ruth and boaz ruth and boaz baby um yeah so to kind of give context we're only going to read like a little bit of ruth because it's a four chapter book and we're not going to make your ears bleed yeah we don't bore you to death um, on this podcast yeah by, <laughs> unless we already did sorry <laughs> yeah unless we already did. thank you for saying this long um so uh chapters one and two are basically setting the scene uh, chapter one talks about how uh, Ruth and Orpa and their mother-in-law, Naomi, um, they all kind of get together because Naomi marries Elimelech and Ruth and uh, Orpa are married to her sons. And then all the men die and they're like, oh, golly, this is bad for us being only women. Um, What's that supposed to mean, Evan? It means the history was historically we're all sexist. Historic, <laughs> historically civilization. If if historically the world wasn't sexist, we wouldn't have a book of Ruth. If yes. they could just go up and do whatever they wanted to do, we wouldn't have a story of Ruth. That wouldn't have happened. I think they could vote back then, right? No. No one could. <laughs> no one voted. <laughs> no one voted on anything. No one voted it was on right, anything. It was, the concept of voting was like, do you want to go down to the place that has lamb? Sure. Okay. That's I think two. like five yeah. people total had rights back then. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Sorry. So Ruth set the scene. So, so yeah. Uh, uh, Orpo's like, I'm going to go back to my peeps. Uh, I think I'll have a better time with my family that has men that have money than you two single ladies um and she hikes off um ruth and naomi um or naomi pushes ruth and says go go back to your people and naomi says no where you go i will follow where you die i will die she's very loyal and wants to stay and take care of naomi um so she goes out and she starts picking up uh, the leftover uh, grain from the harvest uh, in this big field. Um, and this big strapping man named Boaz. Oh, yeah. Sees her bend over and take some grain and is like, ooh. Baby Ruth. <laughs> Baby Ruth. <laughs> uh, walks on over and says, what you doing plucking all that at grain, girl? <laughs> and she's like, "My name's Ruth. I come from Moab. I'm a, I'm a Delta Psi." Um, and he's like, "Well, from now on, you can drink what the workers drink. You can, Ooh. um, 
harvest like, with you can harvest with the rest of the women folk. Yeah, like he's like take regular. a little extra, take a little extra up top. Take a little extra at the top. Yeah. Uh, invites her to dinner and has her dip uh, her bread into his wine. Man, what a like, what a scene. Man, I know. he knows how to really charm somebody. Dude, this flir- is. Flirting was different back then because I tried to get Katie to dip her bread into my wine, and she, I, she punched what's, me. <laughs> what's the modern day equivalent of dipping bread into wine? Um, do you want to TikTok my fidget spinner? God damn it, Evan! <laughs> Dude. <laughs> You just dated yourself with that one. <laughs> I was going to say, like, ordering an extra bread f- stick at Fazoli's for my wife, being like, you can get two, baby girl. <laughs> two, baby girl. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll still eat. <laughs> Don't worry, four. they're free. <laughs> <laughs> Still eat what you don't eat because <laughs> I'm a huge garbage can. <laughs> so Boaz is putting on the charm. Oh, he's on putting Ruth. on the charm. And then uh, chapter three starts, and yeah. mother-in-law Naomi is basically just like, "All right, tits up, girl, let's go." Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> just like you know, um, come on, put on some makeup, make yourself yeah. look presentable. This guy, because what's happening here is Boaz is what's called a family redeemer. And he can buy back all their land and they can live with Boaz as a member of her family, as a member of his family. Essentially, they just move into his family. Yeah. Um, She's like, my daughter, shouldn't I find security for you so that you will be taken care of? Now, isn't Boaz our relative? Haven't you been working? Another pet peeve of me in the Bible is (laughs) them asking questions in a negative sense. Yeah. It's like. Haven't you been working with this female servants? Have you not now, been the one I've been looking for? No, isn't Boaz our relative? <laughs> it's like, Who that's not like, are you? <laughs> it's like, I, that's a dick way to ask things. Um, this evening, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Oh. Wash, put on perfumed oil, and wear your best clothes. Not those, not those. Nope, nope. Yes, that one. Put on that Canadian tuxedo. Yeah. <laughs> All denim. <laughs> Hike it up a little higher, girl. Oh yeah. Yeah. Crash into me. Um <laughs> but don't let the man know you're there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, notice the place where he's lying, go in and uncover his feet and lie down. Then he will explain to you what you should do. Yours so- says explain and mine says tell. Which I think is a little, little, you know, spicier. He's a, he's really in either, the. I do think, in either sense, in fairness, Noemi is just telling her to, just yeah, pay attention. Yeah, yeah to pay follow, attention to what Paul's lead is going to say. Um, it's worth noting that uncover his feet is a sexual expression. In no, yes, no, it's it is. not Evan Scott. Jesus Christ, the Bible Gateway Commentary mentions it as a sexual no. expression. The yes, Bible does not have spicy stories. You're reading into it. Yes, it, it does. No. Song of Solomon is literally a book in the Bible about sex. No, it's not. It's about songs. You no. sing them. It's a song of Solomon. It's a song. Fucking open it up and read it to me and tell me it's a song. I don't want to right now. Okay, cause... then shut the hell up. <laughs> the Bible is a holy book, Evan. There's none of that smut and how about, sin. 
fuck do you Careful. think? Careful. We, we only get five of those per episode. <laughs> you got to keep it consistent. You're making me angry. How do people happen in the Bible? They do. No, they like in the Bible, they, it just says they know each other. Back then, people telepathically made babies. That's how my parents explained it to me. And that's how I run it in my oh, household. God. There was like so many problems with people just introducing themselves to each other. People were just introducing <laughs> each other, and then immediately the woman would get pregnant. So as a woman, you had to be careful. To I know not, you. Did <laughs> not learn anyone's name. You were just running around like, oh no, oh no, oh no. I know you. <laughs> I know you. Some like shitty you. college guy could be like, hey, I'm Brad. And then all of a sudden you're pregnant. <laughs> oh no, I know you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Mary did not know a single person. That's how she was, <laughs> that's how she was a she was pregnant at the point of no, being a virgin. I do agree. I think <laughs> what's funny, I think you read it earlier about Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and read it. <laughs> so that phrase is a sexual expression. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. And even then the Bible Gateway commentary where I get all of my good Bible. Um <laughs> says the Hebrew euphemism to uncover the feet is a sexual expression, but in this context, and in light of the honorable character of Boaz and Ruth, it is clear that she is simply making herself available for marriage. How? Making herself available? What does that mean? That's my problem with that. Okay. It's like that has I, to be, you have to be more clear about how that actually is so supposed to So, I want to read this back to you, Evan. It just. That? Close your eyes and just imagine a scenario. Let's say I'm I'm a big strapping hot man and work in the fields all day. And then my girlfriend comes over to my house and she lays at my feet. And then my parents go, hey, that lady was staying the night at your house. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. We didn't do anything. She was just making herself available for marriage. And then would you go, oh, okay, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> okay, sounds totally great. fine. She spent totally. the night and just made herself available. I know for that's the, I know that's the trend these days. Bible Gateway, do better. We all know. Oh, God, shut come the on. Fuck up. <laughs> so ridiculous. Verse five. God, we only made it to verse five. I know. We're we're heated today. <laughs> Water. So Ruth said to her, I will do everything you say. She went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law had instructed her after Boaz ain't drank and was in good spirits. Uh-oh. I love how people are never drunk in the Bible. They're in good spirits. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, good. He, says, <laughs> he was merry. His heart was merry is what my said. Was merry. He wasn't drunk. <laughs> He yeah. was having a good time. He was happy. It's like when uh it's like in Bob's burgers when uh, Linda goes, Mommy doesn't drunk, she just has fun. <laughs> uh she went down uh to the blah blah blah. Uh he was in good spirits. He went to lie down at the end of the pile of barley. Then she went in secretly. Dun 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 uncovered his feet, hey oh, and lay oh. down. At midnight. Boaz was startled, turned over, hmm. and there lying at his feet was a woman. So he asked, rightfully so, Who are you? <laughs> in the middle of the night. Uh, I am Ruth, your slave, she replied. Whoa. <laughs> I know. Yikes. The Holman Christian <laughs> Standard version is spicy as Mine says fuck. servant. Yours is spicy. Wow. And she just immediately puts in a ball gag. She replied, Jesus, heaven, <laughs> Christ. 
this, this episode's gonna need two E's. Yeah. <laughs> we've already passed our profanity license and the 18 plus license. We don't have one. Well, I'm trying to maintain it. We're gonna get sued <laughs> by worshipleader.com or something. Spread your cloak over me, for you are a family redeemer. Oh. Then he said, as I think. This is what makes reading Ruth a little creepy based on uh, how translations get kind of miscued, right? They kind of go askew, like, you, you know, you read, like, freaking Shakespeare, and, like, nobody talks like that, right? Um, yeah. You read, like, Homer's Odyssey, and it's like, this is all weird. Um, so kind of take this for granted and understand that, like, what what we're about to hear from Boaz is not what you would hear from your boyfriend. I then he not. said, may the Lord bless you, my daughter. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yikes. You know, you love your wife like you love your daughter. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you That's the value of the Bible right there. <laughs> I follow the Bible. <laughs> you know, the Roy Moore version. Oh, God. You have shown more kindness now than before. Because you've not pursued younger men, whether rich or poor, which is also like a little bit of a creepy thing for him yeah, to say. Yeah, this is getting a little creepy. Now, don't be afraid, my daughter. I think, like, do you think at the second time he said my daughter, Ruth just kind of winced a little bit and was like, it's going yeah, like the first one slide. <laughs> yeah, she's like, maybe the first one was just a quick slip of the tongue, no. but se second one's intentional. Like, he that meant to say that. This is, this is weird. <laughs> I will do for you whatever you say, since all the people in my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Yes, it is true that I am a family redeemer, but there is a redeemer closer than I. Stay here tonight in the morning. If he wants to redeem you, that's good. Let him redeem you. But if he doesn't want to redeem you, as the Lord lives, I will now lie down until morning. Um, also interesting here is that Boaz is telling her, okay, there's another family redeemer closer. I'm going to go talk to him. And if he wants to redeem her, you pull some strings. If he get some things out, I'm going to go talk to him. If he wants to redeem you, you have to let him do it. And by redeem, we just mean, you know, kind of buy property buy, that you need. Yeah. Yeah. Buy property that you have. And so that you can have, have some value grain, land. Yeah. <laughs> Money. <laughs> Everything like that. Um, the rest of the story goes, Boaz goes and asks the guy if he wants to redeem uh, Ruth. Um, the guy says, no. And Boaz says, well, can I do it? And the guy says, well, can you sell me some of Naomi's land? Because I really want it. And that's the trade-off, is a little bit of land from Naomi. Goes to that unnamed guy. And then Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Ruth and Boaz get married. <laughs> And then they live happily ever after. They live happily I think. ever. Yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Zach, no uh, one dies that, in this one. Well, yeah, except no one the, all the men at the beginning. But uh, this is true. <laughs> um, uh, the women in the town name uh, their son Obed, um, and Obed begets Jesse, who begets King David. So that's why you got Ruth in the Bible. Um, I always, I love this story because it's always like. 
this was very much a like youth group girl story, <laughs> right? You know, this was very yeah, much this was. like, oh, I want to be a Ruth. I, you know, uh, every I, women's Bible study that I like heard about growing up in church and going through college ministry, their first one they would always do is a Ruth Bible study. It's always like, okay, next Tuesday we're going to do a women's night. We're going to read the book of Ruth, blah, 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 I'm, blah. And just wait for my Boaz. Just wait for Boaz. Wait for a big strong man to save you. Yeah. And then yeah. you look closer at it, as we saw, like Naomi's Naomi's telling Ruth to put out. Yeah, she's basically Naomi's like, girl, you smell bad. You need to wash up, put on wash some up. perfume, you know, get everything all together. Total put on that ankle. little Put on that little red dress. Show a little ankle. <laughs> you know? Show a little ankle. Show a little uh, knee cleavage, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's funny to me that the like when people always talk about, oh, I get my values or my morals from the Bible. You, know, you hear the all-time politics or anybody that's really into Christianity will say, you know, I follow the Bible for my morals. And you read stories and it's more often than not that the people that are the protagonists of the story usually do things really sketchy or kind of beat around the bush morally that we yeah. probably wouldn't agree with in today's modern evangelical church. So it's, it's funny to me that like Bible gateway, for instance, like kind of stepping around, well, you know, she spent the night and was laying at his feet and uncovered his clothes, but it was okay. just okay. available. Yeah, and- by your let's take it back a step further bible gateway if you had a daughter that mm. spent the night at a teenage boy's house mm. they didn't she comes back and she's like i didn't do anything would you be okay with that yeah would you be like go go again tomorrow night we need to get this land mama's yeah, got to get her trailer back <laughs> <laughs> it yeah it's like mama's got a strip mall that she paid for <laughs> I do wonder. I I don't I don't feel uh dedicated enough to look through what the ESV study Bible has to say, but I'm I'm curious because I don't know if they are necessarily in no nowhere in the verses are they uh trying to show that what she did was maybe frowned upon or not the best way. Because there's other accounts in the Bible where someone's done something and it's kind of like David, you know, when we talk about Bathsheba, like Clearly, that was outside the commandments and outside the righteousness of God. And so, you know, Samuel um, kind of talks about him, but this, like, verse, they don't really say anything. Verse, Do they? verse 14. So she lay down on his feet until morning, but got up while it was still dark. Then Boaz said, Don't let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. <gasps> oh, and no. he told Ruth, Bring the shawl you're wearing and hold it out. But she held it out. He shoveled six measures of barley into her shawl and she went into to the town basically to show that she was there on business dang yeah so there i and that's, keeping that's, it secret that's the thing with this this is fun this is fine like and when we look when we look at it from when we like zoom out and we take off our christian glasses we take off our evangelical glasses these are two kids hooking up <laughs> i love how much sincerity you said that with me. yeah it is it's just a human story it's a human story it's people that found each other attractive one person had a whole 
story behind them of what they needed and Boaz was there to help and yeah it's it's a romance story and it's just it is a shame that we have to dance around the themes of this uh just for the sake of downplaying like the sexual intimacy yeah. you know we have to be like they weren't attracted to each other they didn't do it. like they probably just sat on their threshing floor all night and prayed or did a bible study all night i think if we told this story more honestly we would get more out of it. Yeah. If we told it more honestly as a story about two kids being in love and sneaking around, you know, the town, you know, and, you know, one really, you know, go get her mother-in-law. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we would get a much, we would get so much more out of this story because honestly, like Boaz He's trying to kind of he's trying to protect Ruth from looking like a hoe, yeah. you know, and he's trying to protect his reputation as well. For sure, because um, at that day and age, if she was caught by somebody else at being at his place and they weren't married, I would assume that'd be a huge problem. So I do see why, like, he's trying to protect her, and so he's keeping it hush hush. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's these are kids falling in love, sneaking around, and, and the six. Measures of barley is a lie. It's a straight up lie. Oh. She didn't come into the threshing floor for barley. She came, she went out with it. That's she didn't true. come to get barley. And it's not like she's going to be walking around and somebody was like, oh, where'd you get that? And she was like, well, I was sucking Boaz's dick. And then all of a sudden, I got barley. Like, <laughs> No, she's just going to be like, no, I went to Boaz, got some grain, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, I just, this story, it's, to me, like, we, we've kind of watered it down over the years, oh where it's turned into, the, like, these two saintly, uh, you know, non-humans that just interact with each other and things work out and like these I, turtleneck people and that's why i like what we do on this podcast evan is because having a outside view of the bible the this is actually a fun book and it's yeah there's some fun like exciting stories in the bible that and this is how people actually experience them like they yeah. were fun people told them over and over and over again but because of evangelicals and fundamentalists who have made this all about you got to memorize the text and you got to, you know, understand how Christ is in every verse and there's hidden meaning of the Trinity and everything and blah, blah. Like you start reading the Bible like a puzzle that you have to solve rather than a, a novel and a story that is yeah. about people and humans, teenagers, you know, workers. So... I, yeah, to me, I just, I just, I, I'll get into my final point. I don't know what our time is on this episode, but I'll go with my final point. Uh, this was always like the women's Bible study, yeah, story, and I think that's kind of a shame because I, I, I don't like that they just pick and choose that. Like, oh, parts of the Bible are only for women, and then there's other parts that are for men. You know, blah 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 blah. Like, I never was in a young men's study that was like, we're gonna go through a Ruth. You know, it was like. Um, it's like Samson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Samson and Noah. All them. Boys, men, hammers, killing, murder. <laughs> Death. Death. Um, 
But I just think this is like at its at the very least, this is just a a, a romance. It's a rom com right in the middle of the Bible, and I just think to read it and enjoy it and soak it up. Uh, but instead, we've kind of turned it into this like, oh, it's always foreshadowing. It's foreshadowing of the things to come and it's blah blah blah. blah. It's foreshadowing so, of Jesus because David, yeah, uh, is related to Jesus and is the second David, and, uh, and this is which I like. Yeah, who's, I, who's to know if that's actually the lineage? Well, and that I think, wasn't inserted later. And I think what kind of bothers me about that is I always read it like that. Like if I was ever read any story in the Old Testament, I was always trying to think how I linked it back to the New Testament, and. I would say a lot, I just assume a lot of like evangelists probably don't understand that the Old Testament is, has so much history before the New Testament was compiled, that people were just, were loving these stories for years and sharing them, and they weren't taking them so seriously either. People were not like, this is the holy text, and I have to like, every word is, they were just more like, yes, this is God's word, but these are just stories that we are passing out about God's yeah. people. And it, these it's- These are fun stories. These are fun yeah. stories about people and about- and more importantly for uh, the Jewish people is fun stories about our people. Yeah, is what exactly. Say. I'm not, I don't belong to that hour. I don't know why I feel <laughs> like I have to clarify that. <laughs> I feel like I made myself in a weird position now. Um, <laughs> but I just. Uh-oh. Uh, Hurry um, up and <laughs> dig yourself out. What's <laughs> no. a shovel doing in my hand? Um no, I, I agree with your final thought here. That this is very much one of these like segregated stories of the Bible. Like you have Ruth and Esther, um, yeah, and then yep. like uh, like Mary in the New Testament. You know, you know. Yeah, uh, everything like that for you know how a woman should be, mm -hmm. uh, how a godly woman should be. Um, which, I, according to Ruth, is like ride yeah. or die with her mother-in-law. Yeah, <laughs> sneak into the boys' dorm at night is the morals of Ruth, you know, yes. get oh, your man. man. <laughs> yeah. Do, doing a barley raid <laughs> on the threshold. A barley floor. crawl. <laughs> barley crawl. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, yeah, Ruth is, is a great story. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's a great story. It's the notebook. It's the Titanic. It's like all these love stories that we have yeah. and we water it down by making the focus something different than it actually is absolutely it's um yeah these they're they're supposed to be entertaining at, at some point that's why they've been yeah. passed down for so long yeah. um if they were boring as hell we wouldn't have them <laughs> exactly yeah they they resonate with people for some reason i um you know as much as we critique and make fun i i enjoy like the bible and like it is it is part of me like i've read it and it's been right you here know, it's right here <laughs> it's attached to me but it's just it's so ingrained in me all these stories like i can't say that i necessarily get my you know all of my morals i wouldn't say i didn't get any from like of, of course i get some of my morals and values from like some of these stories but it's not just like black and white it's not just like oh like i'm gonna take this verbatim like no, I maybe I I get some like I love that verse that Ruth says to Naomi when she's leaving. Like where you go, I will go. Yeah, people say yeah. that at weddings all the time. It's it's beautiful poetry though. I I do love some of these verses. So I I just think it's a shame because the way that I grew up and sort of studied the Bible, it it took the 
poetry and some of the magic of these stories out of it and turn it more into just like you have to study and study and study and study and study and study and study until you're just bored with this stuff. So for full context, for full context, that whole verse that Scott's talking about, uh, we skipped it before, but it was in Ruth one. Uh, Naomi is basically telling both of her daughters to leave Orpah and Ruth and Orpah does. She goes back to her family, but Ruth leaves her. She stays with Naomi. She's not going back to her family because she cares about Naomi because Naomi is now a lone widow and an old woman. So she doesn't have any prospects. Yeah. Um, And Ruth says, uh, do not persuade me to leave you or go back and not follow you for wherever you go. I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. A Ruth's a Moabite. Um, Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May Yahweh punish me and do so severely if anything but death separates you and me. Wow. That's beautiful. Like, it really is. (laughs) And that's also just a very strong... um, imagery of two people like in very dire straits very dire circumstances and one of them looking at to the other and being like we're in this together don't i got you like i'll be there for you you. i'll we'll figure this out together we got this two people who are not in love also yeah it doesn't always have to be like husband and wife i that's why i kind of love that verse is it's one of the examples of such a deep love for another person. That's not like a necessarily like a romantic love. You know, it's just, she cares so much about Naomi and her, her well-being that she's like, you know what, even though you're telling me to go to where I might have a better life and go back to my own home country, I'm staying with you because you are on your own and I'm, I'm taking care of you. So, uh, great story. I, it's a great book. Book of Ruth. I do. I do love that Ruth is at some point in here. Referred to as the Moabites. <laughs> oh, Moabites. <laughs> well, I think that's all I got for Ruth this week. That's yeah, that's all I got as well. What what's what's been going on in your world, Scott? Oh, what is going on in my world? Um, well, I might as well talk about. It. I feel like every week we have like a sports reference, but um, Purdue played the worst game of basketball I've ever seen. I think in my whole life, and I've seen a lot of like, I mean, I played fifth grade basketball. (laughs) I saw it first person (laughs) and boy, it stunk. Uh, For those that don't know, Purdue was the number one seed in our division. And we lost to the 17th seed technically because they got in a technicality. They weren't even supposed to be in the tournament. Really? Yeah. They were, another team was supposed to was 16th and they got disqualified for some like mumbo jumbo about, you know, scholarships and stuff. So, he, so they he, brought an FDU. <laughs> so you, you were Gold's Gym or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they were the average Joes in dodgeball. Oh, I think if I, I could be wrong, but I thought I saw something about this is the one time in NCAA history where technically a 17 seed has been a one seed. <laughs> so we made history by sucking <laughs> on the wrong side uh, so oh, so i had a crappy man. friday night after that so what about you Evan? What, what's been happening in your life alabama's doing really well in basketball <laughs> <laughs> that's a shock <laughs> it's a very huge shock we're all surprised we don't know how to deal with it it is 
terrifying. <laughs> we don't know what to do. And I'm well, even scared root- of even even like mentioning it on the podcast because last time I mentioned literally yeah. any sport team, the next time they, the next time they played, they lost. They're going downhill now. Oh, thanks yeah, to that. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, March oh. Madness is upon us. Um, my dryer is broken, so uh, our whole um, we've been washing clothes, but our whole uh, apartment just kind of looks like um, the day after a frat party with just clothes just like draped over everywhere. It's intentional. We're letting them dry, but it does kind of look like it's just a whole house full of Evans underwear just pinned up to the wall. At the moment, yeah. <laughs> I was the one who did laundry today, so there's that. Evan has 400 pairs of underwear. I have 1,000 pairs of underwear. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Joseph had his coat of many colors. I have my pack of many Hanes. Your wall of underwear. <laughs> Technicolor wall of underwear. Yeah, my Technicolor wall of underwear. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you like what you heard today, uh, please... Um, Leave us positive reviews, share on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, on uh, whatever social media platform you have, TikTok, Facebook, whatever. Uh, We really appreciate uh, you getting the word out. Um, We are uh, close to deciding on a date uh, on the Christian video games. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. That's going to be on YouTube. Um, You can follow us on TikTok and social media and uh, Twitter and all that jazz at UnblessedPod. Uh, we also want to hear your thoughts. You can email us at unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we know you haven't been doing it because <laughs> we check it. We no. check it. We've got two emails so far. <laughs> we both want from, more. Both from Eric. Shout out to Eric. Shout out to Eric. We love Number you. one fan. <laughs> um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, as always, my name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And don't forget to close your Bible.